This is the Success Coaching Podcast with hosts Todd Foster, Alyssa Stanley, and Kelly Scar. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Success Coaching Podcast. My name is Alyssa Stanley, and I am here with my co-hosts Todd Foster and Kelly Scar. Today, we are talking with fellow success coach Dave Ferguson. He is the founder of Living to Lead, where he is an internationally recognized executive coach working with leaders literally across the world to increase their effectiveness and achieve greater results. He is also a published author of Boss or Leader. Welcome. We are so excited to have you, Dave. Well, thanks. I'm excited to be here. All right, Dave. Welcome to the Success Coaching Podcast, man. Really appreciate your time today. Um, you know, we, we, we just shot a podcast. We were talking a little bit about, about leadership on that podcast. You wrote a book. Uh, you had mentioned pre-show, pre-recording that, uh, you have 16 principles, uh, on leadership. And, you know, maybe without getting into each and every principle, cause we could probably go deep on, on every single one in conversation. Maybe just uh, give us a quick summary as to, as to what those 16 principles are. Well, 16 principles that I believe, um, leaders should have and in no specific order. And what I do in the book is compare how uh, a boss and a leader see those values differently. So some are like perseverance, vision, character, competition, relationships, uh, things like that. And so 16 of them. And that's really what the book does. And what it does is at the end of each chapter, it asks you some questions. So you can kind of self-analyze. Am I more of a boss around this value or a leader? Describe to me then what, like, is that, that statement kind of in, in cap, encapsulate what a boss versus what a leader could be? Like, maybe explain to our audience what, what you feel like a boss is versus what a leader is. I think in the simplest, in the simplest form, I think a boss is more of a director, right? Bosses direct people. Um, leaders, um, influence people and get them to follow them on whatever the journey or mission or job is. And, and they both come across very differently. And, you know, I use examples in my book because I've worked for both. You know, early in my years, I worked for some leaders and I worked with some bosses and I really saw a huge difference. Um, and so when I got into the whole writing world, I said, you know, I need to write this because there's some good stories that go along with that. And, you know, when you start thinking back, you know, even to a, as a kid, when I worked for some people, like I, I, I worked for a great leader as a kid. And he, and he not only, you know, hired me and gave me a job, but he really took me under his wing from a personal standpoint, too, where generally a boss is not going to do that. Um, so, you know, I've got a lot of examples through my careers and, you know, obviously pre-career, too, but um, where, where I really, you know, sometimes as a kid, look, you don't know what leadership is as a kid, but I grew up next to a, a volunteer fire department. And... Um, you know, I, I, I sought leadership, didn't know what I was, was that I was looking for it, but I know now I did. And, and some of these men really were good leaders in the community and, and, you know, and they took me under their wing as a kid. So it helped. So as a kid, what age first of all was a kid? I, I write my book around 10. I realized that I was kind of, you know, out there on my own for the most part. So you, you lived next to a fire station and at 10 years old, you decided to go next door. And did they throw you in a hat and send you in your first fire or what happened there? Well, well, there's a big parking lot where they would park their cars, right? And if there's events, people would park there. And so I would go out in the parking lot. These guys would come after work and they'd be washing trucks and sitting out there and drinking beer back then. 
um, and, and having a good time and, and polishing trucks and everything. And I'd go out there and kick the ball around, you know, try to get their attention. And it works. They, they started, you know, I, some of them drive me to Little League practice and one of them hired me when I was older. Um, you know, um, just neat little things. You don't see it. You don't realize it till you get to a specific point in your, your life and you go like, wow, like, like, you know, my mother and my grandmother, you know, I never saw them as leaders until later in life, but they were really great leaders. And, and when my mother passed, I was amazed the stories I heard from people. I didn't even know the way she led in life in general. Um, hundreds of people just stopped telling me stories. And so we, we often don't look for leadership. You know, what I, what I push and part of my vision is let's look for it. It's out there. Um, and, um, the right kind of leadership, you know, um, because the simplest definition is if you can influence somebody to do something, you're a leader. Don't necessarily agree with that. Um, because there's, there'd be an awful lot of bad leaders, right? Um, but, but yeah, I, it's all about influence. Like I look at those men in the fire department there and, and it's, it sounds silly going back that far, but that's where it really started for me. That impression that these men influenced me. So those men influence you at the age of 10 and which is great. Uh, as a 10 year old, you're a sponge and you go either way at 10 years old. Once you, uh, were in school, what did you do after school? Like for a job or a career? Oh, so, 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 um, one guy that hired me, um, he owned an ice plant. This is a good story. He just passed two years ago too, but, um, he, his, and his nickname was Chili. So, you know, I'd have to, you gotta wear, I worked inside the ice plant making giant 300 pound ice cubes and then have them cut into ice cubes and put in the bags and put on a truck. And, and then we delivered a lot of ice to fishing docks. And, you know, I grew up on Eastern Long Island. So fishing docks and stuff like that. And it was just, oh my God, I have so much fun there. I have high school buddies that worked with us and just, you know, a lot of people I'm still connected with. Their family still runs the business. Sons still run the business. It was just, it was just fun, but he was such a great leader and a great person and did so much for the community. Um, so it was just a neat experience. I learned a lot. Um, you know, then I go into the corporate world and, you know, uh, one of the, I got hired into the, a, a bank and, you know, um, they were going to send me around and I got hired in this advanced leadership program. They saw a, a gap in leadership and they needed more leaders. So you had to qualify, go through all these interviews, but then they, they, you spend like six months with different leaders in their organization. Well, the first guy was a total boss. I mean, a total boss. And he was vertically challenged. And so they like, and here's how I knew. Like, but if you worked for him, you made a lot of money. So people put up with him, right? Because he was one of the top leaders. Well, one of the top producers in the organization. So if you worked for him, you made a lot of money. So people put up with him. But in the back and after work, they were all talking about him. You know, they called him inch high private eye and Tasmanian devil. And, you know, so he was a total boss. I remember one time I needed to ask him a question and I knelt down at his desk and he flipped <laughs> out. Like, <laughs> um, but that's a different story. But but yeah, and then and it's funny. The next um, guy I went to was a total leader, so it was completely different. Everybody loved him. You did well. He took the time to develop you. 
it wasn't all about money. It was just a totally different, you know, thing. And, and I, I get stories through my career where I worked for both. You know, I think when I went into corporate headquarters, I got brought in there by an amazing leader that saw something in me that literally wanted me to move into corporate headquarters to, to work under his tutelage because he wanted to develop me as a leader. And he did. And so, you know, um, you have to look for it, though. Right. And as a kid, like I'll go back to the child. You don't look for it as a kid, but boy, it really brings back some fond memories. So, Dave, <clears throat> you mentioned the boss. You made a lot of money working for the boss. I'm curious. Did you make a lot of money working for the leader? And if you didn't, why? What, what, what was the difference between the two? I, I did. I actually ended up taking the leader's job huh. at one point. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a big difference. So, you know, when in training, the money really didn't matter because I really wasn't in that. That's in that cycle. I was in the training cycle. They, I was only going to be there six months more for the people that worked for him. But yeah, I, I did well after that. I'm curious. You've worked both for leaders and a boss. What was a pivotal moment where you realized there was a difference between oh, there's a boss and then there's a leader? Was it an experience or just time? You know, when I talk about it on stage, I talk about the first two I talked to you about in the corporate world where where the one guy that was a total boss and the next guy I went to was a leader. Um, and, and then when I ended up going, was asked to go into corporate headquarters, working for that man, I really realized like, wow, this is a leader. You know, this was a guy who had, you know, two sons that were probably maybe 10 years younger than me at that point, 10 or 15 years younger than me. But I almost felt like, I almost felt like his son, like he just did things. I felt like that was out of the ordinary. Like he just took time. He, if, if, if he wanted to congratulate me on something or teach me something, because he taught me a lot more than he congratulated me. He would, he literally would come up and there was a little pub around the corner. Right. And he liked draft beer. Um, and um, he would say, what are you doing after work? I'm like, I don't have anything planned. He goes, all right, let's go grab a beer. And that's the way he would teach me. Not all the time, but that was very common for him. He liked to get off property. He liked to make it very personal. He, 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 and, he, and it wasn't over the top like, you know, I'm doing this for you. He never did that. Never did that. It was all about he saw something in me others didn't see back then. And he wanted to pour into it. And that's, in my opinion, leadership. With your research and really diving deep into these topics, have you discovered if there's a different industry where a boss is better than a leader? Ooh, that's a good question. And I would, I have to say, like, my quick answer is no. Because, you know, like, I, if I think about, in fact, I had a call with the CEO of this company this morning. Um, he's one of my coaching clients. I do a lot of work in their company. And it's a very blue-collar business. It's a big business. It's all over the, there's hundreds of locations around the states. And, but it's, it's, Outside of corporate headquarters, it's all blue collar work. But we're on a mission to really, really take leadership to every level of the organization, down to the lowest levels, down to the branch levels. And, um, you know, there is a, some, some leaders that I am working with there that are like, they're not going to buy into it. And, you know, and, and I, and I, um, my answer is, well, have you tried it before? They haven't. You know, they just, their mindset is, but the funny thing is, you know, three of the top, three of the C-level people started at the bottom of this organization. 
So I'm like, you did it. Why can't they? So I really say no. And you know, like I said, this is a very blue collar, you know, tough, tough work uh, industry. Um, so I know I don't think there's, you know, I don't think there's a fit for a boss anywhere. You know, I think I think it's, you know, yeah, we we have T-shirts and coffee mugs that says boss of the year and best boss and all that. I, I'd love to change that, you know, the best leader. You know, we talk about leadership so much and there's so many people that write about leadership and there's so many people that speak on leadership. So many of them have never led. As well, you know, it's it's one thing to talk theory, you know, it's like college professors, right? They know a lot of theory, but a lot of them have really never gone out. And, and yes, we need them. And I'm not, we, I'm not I'm not speaking badly of it, but but practical experience, you know, I you know, you can read all. You could read 105 of John Maxwell's books on leadership and still not be a good leader, but just have a lot of knowledge about leadership. So it's it's back to that whole, you know, knowledge is power almost until you execute with the knowledge. It's not powerful. So I want to talk about your book for a minute. Um, Boss, a leader, which you published back in 2016. What was Dave doing before you decided to write a book and publish that? Well, I see. I've been in. I retired uh, uh, almost 15 years ago, so I went right into the coaching industry. And um, one of my mentors, who was a writer, um, not a coach, but a writer, um, he told me right away. He says, "Get published." Because I went to him and said, "Give me a couple tips." He thought I was crazy. He doesn't like the coaching industry. Um, he thought I was crazy. Um, but, um, you know, he said, get published somewhere, find a rag, a, a small town paper, find somewhere. And so I did. And I, I convinced them to let me write a column. That's where Ask Coach Dave came from. Um, so I wrote a, my column was called Ask Coach Dave. And I wrote it and I ended up, you know, in the Sunday, you know, in the Sunday paper. And then I found out they owned 18 papers. So it ended up going into all of those. And, um, you know, it was good. It was I, I wrote I, I write very simply. Like if you were to re- read my book, it's, it's, it's written at probably about an eighth grade level. Um, I write very simply and easy and people liked it It's and picked it up. And, you know, I got I can I could give you a, a I could tell a whole story of the bit of the first person that hired me. Actually, the first person that hired me, I can't mention their name, but they're big time. You, you would know who they were hired me out for that column. He had his CEO call me and say, he wants to meet with you. And since then, that whole thing has generated, you know, referral after referral after referral after referral. Now, I haven't written in those papers now for, I don't know, six or seven years. Um, So that got me writing, got me, you know, I'd done magazines and stuff like that. I'd written in some chamber things. And, you know, and finally, you know, John Maxwell, who was a very serious mentor of mine, um, before I wrote this book, said to me, you've got to write a book. you got to write a book. So I wrote a book. <laughs> um, it was that simple. It's not simple to write, but it's, it's that simple. As, that's the story. Did you coach before you wrote the book then? Oh, yeah. I started in 08. Okay. And so then you started coaching leaders. And is that where you started with? And now you're continuing to coach with that? Or did you start with a different niche? Well, back in 2008, when I stepped out of corporate and decided to coach, if you could pay me, I'd coach you. That's just God's honest truth. I I moved around right probably around um, 2009, 
2014, I really rebranded into the leaders coach because I really did want to focus on working with leaders. You know, because of my corporate experience, I'm attracted to corporate people, right? Um, so getting to work with C-level people was really a, a niche for me. Generally, once you get into a C-level, you're going to be working for a company. You're working for a company a long time, so you don't have to spend much time hunting. And I don't, not a big fan of hunting, so um, it's just worked really well. And and the, you know the great thing about coaching, I learn from every call that I'm on. You know, I this call I had this morning with the CEO I've been coaching for a while. I actually started coaching at this company um, because they had hired an internal coach and they wanted me to coach their internal coach. Okay. Well, now I've done workshops for them. I'm coaching the C-suite. I'm going to getting ready to roll out some other things for them. But just the conversation that I had with that CEO this morning, you know, um, at the end when they say, he said to me, I can't use the exact words, but man, he was like, this call was so valuable today. It's so nice to have someone outside that I can talk to. It's almost his exact words, right? And you get that so much because you can be that person to them from a coaching perspective. Coaching is not always about what some of these trainings are about, always asking questions. You know, there is some consult. When you've got a lot of wisdom, there's some consulting in it too, right? You know, like I'm not a, I didn't get my coaching certification for $35, right? I mean, it's, it's years and years and years. Yeah, I've been certified by a number of, you know, places, including success, but it really all comes down to the experience and it just takes time. It takes time, a lot of patience and, you know, um, but it's great. It's a, it's a great way to make a living and, and, and working with leaders that want to get better around leadership, you know, um, and advance as what I call advance, advance the vision of their organization. So they don't end up like blockbuster or, or, or Sears or several others. Right. They're always advancing the vision. That's what leaders have to do that. That's the second rung on my leader's ladder. If you're enjoying this episode, please rate, review, and follow the Success Coaching Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Have you ever been able to take a boss to a leader through coaching? Absolutely. Take us through what the what the uh, what the process would be. And, you know, I, I would assume it's it's going to be probably a lot like battling an addiction, right? So the first step of battling an addiction is actually understanding that you have a problem, mm -hmm. right? And so right. I'm not saying that having that boss mentality or mindset is problematic, but it very well could be within an organization. So kind of take us through what the process could potentially be. I have a great example for this. So um, I'm working with this organization, maybe about 11,000 employees. I think I started coaching about 40 of them. Mostly senior, but some mid. And there was a mid-level guy that had been there a long time. I had everybody do a 360 assessment, a leadership 360 assessment. Well, his came back the worst I've ever seen. And I mean, I've done thousands and thousands of assessments. I mean, it was the worst leadership assessments I've ever seen. When we were going over it, he was pretty much in tears. I mean, it was that bad. The comments, you know, the survey was bad, but the comments were even worse. And I said to him, I said, John, I'm like, this is an opportunity. Yeah, this sucks. They said these things, but it wasn't just one person. So we have to accept that it's true, right? So there's that acceptance, right? I have a problem and I'll help you. I'm working with you one-on-one -on -one anyway. So now we take this and we work on it. And I was able to watch him. It was not easy. It was painful. I said, you don't have to go apologize to someone. 
a lot of the people in the company know you're working with me, so we don't need to hide that. Just improve day by day, one step at a time, one person at a time, one relationship at a time. And he did a really good job. It took a while. We're never there. We might think we're there, but we're never there. Was he genuinely shocked by the feedback? Did he have no idea? You know, he kind of played like he had no idea, but I think you know how people feel about you. You get a general yeah, feeling how sure. people feel about you. You know, but the thing is, he yeah. progressed in the organization. He had a vital role in this organization. It wasn't a small role. Um, and he touched, his role touched a lot of people. He ran a function where most employees had to touch that function. So, you know, he touched a lot of people in the organization. So um, it was a great, op- I, I teed it up as a great opportunity. And I said, and you have a coach to help you do it. What's the big missing piece between boss, boss type mentality and leadership? Like what was, what was the thing that you had to get him to recognize and understand that he needed to start making these tweaks? Was it empathy? Was it compassion? Was it, was he devoid of those things? I mean, was he a narcissist? I mean, what, what, like what, what was the, what was the missing piece? Generally the missing piece is, piece is humility. Hmm. You got to humble thyself, right? And 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 most generally, you know that when I'm asked the question often, what comes back the most in in 360s assessments, I'll say lack of humility. You know, from a negative standpoint, that's one of the biggest things that comes back. My, I don't feel like my leader is humble. They tell me everything's they're great, but you know, I mean, you share, you know, you got to share your losses too with people. You know, I mean, there's a lot. That's one of the things I get to do in coaching, like. You know, I was able to say to that John right there that, you know, in some ways, John, I had to go through that process myself. You know, Dave, I think you've done an amazing job explaining to us the difference between a boss and a leader. And you can tell you're extremely passionate about this because you've experienced it. And this is what you coach. And this is the life that you live. Um, And kind of the story that you want to help people learn and live by But if they want to learn more about this, I have two questions. Where can they get your book? And two, where can they learn more about what you do and what you offer? Well, they can do both through my website, which is livingtolead.com, L-I-V-I-N-G-T-O-L-E-A-D.com. And, you know, for your audience, if they want the book, uh, I'll give them a code for 50% off. And that code is is PE101. So... Prince Edward 101 and just put that in, you'll get 50% off. And then my information on coaching and speaking and everything else is on my website and they can contact me through my website as well. And your Instagram is ask coach Dave, correct? Ask coach Dave. Yep. Well, thank you for that code. That is awesome. That's huge. I'd like to go back to uh, the 10 year old Dave. When you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a banker. Okay. And it sounds like you fulfilled that. <laughs> I'm glad you asked me this question. It's one of my favorite little stories. <laughs> I was poor, but I was a little hustler. Like I would do anything for money because I was poor. And I figured at around 10, I say in my book that I, I was kind of on my own. So I was a hustler. Like I'd shop for old ladies, cut their grass, break their leaves. If it snowed, I was up at four o'clock knocking on people's doors. And I was a hustler. And, you know, back then, Community banks were it, man. They were big. It was a little community bank not too far. And I remember my grandmother taking me there and, and really teaching me um, how to save money, right? And uh, and back then, I mean, um, these these uh, these banks like 
you know, these community banks, everybody was dressed real sharp and everybody was really nice and they got to know you and they drove nice cars. And here's this poor kid going, all right, money, nice people, fancy cars. You know, I remember this one woman that worked here. She always pinched my cheek when I'd come in. And I just was like, I want to be a banker. Well, the funny thing is I spent 20 years in banking and never, in a, never went in a bank branch. Um, because I found out that the people in the bank branch aren't really the ones that make the money at banks. <laughs> so the poor kid in me still existed. You know, I was like, money, I need money, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a, that was a, yeah, that's how I, that's literally how I, you know, it was either that or I was going to go into, I was going to be a pastor. Okay. So now let's advance up to 15 years ago. Did you wake up one day and said, I'm retiring, I'm done, I'm going into coaching? Or what was that path like for you? I had a very sweet deal to retire early. And it was, and it was time. You know, I was still young, but it was time. I wanted to do something on my own. I had offers, so I could have gone to work. I still get them. Some of my clients offer me jobs today. But I, I wanted to try something on my own. And I felt like consulting and coaching. I'd been to some Tony Robbins stuff. and been to his place in Fiji and, you know, and, and I did my research. Um, and, and I just dove in, you know, but I look, I've spent, you know, I have this conversation with, you know, I, I do coach some coaches for, for a living, newer coaches. And I've had this conversation with them. And I, I think most of them don't believe what I'm going to tell you right now, but it's the truth. Um, and if you don't believe me, ask the IRS. Um, I've probably spent the first, um, eight to 10 years in this industry, I probably spent between 60 and $80,000 a year on development. Whether that was having a coach, whatever it was, I, I spent um, getting better. So I, I invested a lot. You're right. Thanks for correcting that. I invested a lot in myself so that I could invest more in people. And, 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 and it's paid off. Right. I mean, it's paid off and and it's, you know, I tell the coaches now that are getting into the industry or in the industry that, you know, you've got to learn from others. You know, um, it, you know, initially it cost me money to hang out with John Maxwell. Of course, then he contracted me. Right. Um, it cost me money to hang out with other people, too. You know, but um, I got a lot out of it. And some of them I've had partnerships even since then. So the investments even done better. So, um, you know, it's, you definitely have to invest in yourself and that, and that, and if you take that back to bosses and leaders, leaders are going to be more prone to invest not only in themselves, but they really do invest in their people. And a lot of it's just their time, but it is an investment because time's money, right? So let's say I'm not the guy who had a nice, uh, payout or buyout when I left and I wanted to get into coaching or any type of business at all. And, you know, you said you were spending between sixty and $80,000 a year to get to where you are today. How could someone do that on a, I guess, a Bud Light budget, as we call it? I'd hire a coach. Hire an experienced coach. Let them help you. Let them help you build your coaching business. Let them help you boost your branding. Let them help you with, with, with you know, I have coaches now that come to me and say, I've got this client, you know, one of the folks I'm coaching, and this is the challenge I'm having. Can you help me? Right. So I'll say, have you tried this? Try this. You know, so you, 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 
and you know, I think I think that's an important thing to do. I think that you you got to invest in yourself somehow. So you got to figure out where you're going to spend the Bud Light money, right? Um, I was blessed; I could invest, but I was all I also started making money fairly quickly in the industry too. So I wasn't really I wasn't dipping into my savings to invest in myself. Um, um, so you know, it, it um, the writing helped a lot. And that's another thing I, I try to get other, the coaches I coach, I try to get them to write. It's a lot, it's actually a lot easier to get published today than it was 15 years ago. It's really so many, so, you know, sources that, that want information from you. And, and, and uh, you know, so it's a lot easier to get published. It's also easy to publish yourself these days. So getting published is important, but having a mentor or a coach you know, and I know I'm a coach. It's easy for me to get on here and you guys are coaches. It's easy for us to say everybody should have a coach, but you want to get better, get a coach. All right. So I'm a person working at a, at a company and I am working for a boss. I mean, it is a boss all day long. What are my options? If any, if, if I was coaching that person, I would coach that person on how to lead up to a person, right? Cause leadership is three, dire- three directions of leadership. Um, most people are only familiar with leading down. So these are your subordinates, right? People you are paid to lead or boss. Okay. And then obviously across, right? You lead across the people at your same level in the organization, right? So the way you three lead across to each other, right? Um, and and then up. So that is to your boss or your leader. So there are specific, and, and I would coach that person on how to, um, lead up to that leader, so that leader would realize that in in some ways um, I'm more of a leader than that person is, and hopefully they learn from that. So you at least start having some conversation. Isn't there some danger in that though, Dave? I mean, that person that's directly above Todd. You know, if Todd is kind of you know, in not directly pointing out some of the flaws in, in the boss's leadership style, wouldn't there be an opportunity for the boss to feel threatened at that point and look for maybe look for excuses to, to turf Todd like I would? I would never coach him to, to outright challenge what the, what the person is doing. I would coach them to, to prove, to show them that they're being developed as a leader regardless of the boss. Right. Without saying it to him. Right. Like I'm learning about leadership. I'm reading this leadership book. And in, the, and in this book, it tells me how to lead up to you. And I want, so I need to ask some questions of you so I know how best to lead up to you. So in essence, he can help this gentleman or lady um, and, and help them and prove a point to him without hitting him over the head going, you're a boss and I don't hate working for you. Fire me. You know, um, there's ways to do it. That's why this is this is the power of coaching. Right. Because if not, this person might go in a completely different direction. Right. And it would backfire. And it's really the power of coaching um, is is helping people see different perspectives than the one they currently store in their head. And and protect in some cases. You know, they say the man, the, the, the man or woman that can hold the most perspectives, but make none of them solid will be your best leader. Hold up. It's time for the lightning round. Dave, we got this uh, one segment on our show 
Uh, it's called Lightning Round, and I'm going to pepper you with about four or five different questions. And the goal is to get you to answer top of mind right away, right Ooh. away. Okay, you ready? I didn't sign up for this, did I? <laughs> no, you didn't. You did not. Here we go. If you could spend a day in someone else's shoes, whose would they be? Jesus's sandals. Oh, that was a uh, that was actually something that I did not expect. What was the last text message that you sent? Ooh, I have to look. <laughs> oh, a friend saying I'd call you later. Oh, here's here's one that I I, I absolutely love. Uh, in one sentence or less, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your 18 year old self? Um, you always dribble before you shoot. Ooh, I like that. That it yeah, is really good. That's a good one. Damn, Coach Dave, you're good, man. We like you. Bring it All right. Home. All right. Last one. Where is your happy place? If you follow, if you follow me on social media, you, you'd know that answer. <laughs> Whose happy place is in the beach? Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow or subscribe to the Success Coaching Podcast and like us on Facebook at Success Magazine Coaching.